God, again, we just uh, we thank you, Father God, for this opportunity and at this study uh, that we continue to press forward and, and wrestle with the truth that are your own. We thank you that you walked closely with us thus far. We just ask for now that your spirit to help us to stay close to us, Father God, and work through us that we can continue to study this uh, as a church. So we just pray, we pray for those that join us by way of social media. We thank you for those that are here. We're praying, Father God, that you will be through this teacher, Father God. Now, God, we pray. So, your son's sake, we ask all this. Okay, uh, I'll have a handout. We're going to continue to wrestle with Romans. Uh, what I've tried to do for those that are with us on Sundays, and those that join us uh, by way of social media on Sundays as well. I've tried to, I read Romans 5, and you kind of picked up on it. I try to, my sermons on Sundays, I've tried to kind of touch on what the lesson is going to be for Wednesdays. And so I, I, I know this is uh, to be a lot to grasp, but I'm hoping that uh, two bites at the apple, two or three bites at the apple, if you will, uh, are helping with the understanding of this book. Uh, last week we ended, uh, we ended pretty much Romans in the uh, Romans 4, and we kind of talked about what? Uh, justification. Uh, we talked about Abraham. Uh, we talked about, again, uh, the examples that Paul uses. Because uh, keep in mind our audience, when we talk about the book of Romans, Paul is addressing, of course, uh, we, we understand that we're reading it now, but the original audience would have been, what, Jews and Gentiles, right, in Rome. And Rome at that time was a metropolis, almost a million people. A lot of them slaves. And so uh, if you understand again, if you're, if you're a good Bible student, I always say this, if you want to understand where you're, what you're reading right now, make sure you uh, look at how it was presented to the original audience. And then, you, then it kind of makes sense on, okay, that's why he uh, brings in this idea of slave a whole lot. Because that would have been, uh, at that time, there would have been some folks that that would have made sense to. All right, so that always uh, makes for a good, good Bible study. Right? You wanna, I know we're quick to, it's human nature to say, okay, what does Romans 5 say to me right now? And it will apply, but first you have to understand what did Romans 5, and what, of course it wasn't broken up in the letter, right? So it didn't have 5, we added 5 to it later. But what did Romans the letter mean to the original audience? All right? So, um, so again, last, last week we ended, we ended with this idea that... Um, Hey, uh, Paul, and what Paul does with a lot of these questions, a lot of these answers, is he's anticipating the, the uh, questions that folks will come to him with. And so uh, the question would be, especially for those Jews, and again, Abraham, David, Moses, when you talk about a Jewish, uh, a Jew, those right there stick out to them. All right, those are their patriarchs. And so uh, a, a Jew at that time would say, well, you're talking about this justification by faith. How would, how would that apply to the father of the faith? How would that apply to our father, Abraham? And that's where Paul got into uh, Abraham believed it unto righteousness. I believe he had faith and God counted unto him unto righteousness. All right? So, so if even if Abraham, so Paul was trying to pull these examples, that even if Abraham had to have faith to get into heaven, and I showed them that I had faith. Alright? Alright, so that's that's where we ended with uh, that Abraham himself had to have faith. Keep in mind when we talk about the Old Testament, and, and that's a good study, because a lot of people think that the people that the Old Testament saints got into heaven a different place. No, no. They had to get in by faith as well. Just like us. Alright? So we, we ended with who? Abraham and David last last week as examples of those who believe. Uh, now again, make sure we understand it. They didn't have a clear they didn't have a clear picture of Jesus as we do now. Because we look back at the cross. Right? We have a full revelation than the saints did in the Old Testament. But even with that being said, um, uh, their belief was to the point of, of, of their knowledge. Does that, does that make sense? There's no way they would believe, you know, they didn't have a full revelation. They didn't have a full understanding of Calvary and the cross like we do today or like we should. 
But they understood that they believed God for something more than just themselves. Alright, so that's where we ended it. So I just want to make sure that we, we kind of recap. Does that make sense? And he talked about circumcision. He said, he said uh, uh, we kind of walked through it. And, and, and Romans uh, points up that uh, it was he had faith prior to the circumcision. Alright, and so that's going to go back to, does everybody understand circumcision? I don't want to, circumcision, and we understand the physical act of it, but what that was, that was a, that was a sign that uh, Jews did. It was a seal, if you will. But many of the Jews, uh, their, their thinking was, because I'm circumcised, I'm already in. And so that's why Paul was dealing with this, that the circumcision if you don't have faith, then all you're doing is just hurt. You keep on cutting, and you're going to be, if you don't believe me, that's no proof, though. All right. So let's go ahead now and, and, and start with uh, with this chapter 5. And, and again, this is uh, when, you're look, when you're talking about Romans. Keep in mind that what Paul is doing is he's arguing the point that he is. It's almost like a court scene. Alright? It's, it's really like a court scene. And Paul just keeps bringing witnesses up here to point to this idea of justification. Alright? Okay. Alright. Alright, let's let's look at five and kind of peel some of this back. And, and I don't know if we'll get through all of it, but we're going to try our best to kind of walk through it. And uh, if we need to take another week on it, then that's fine. Um, again, just for those that are, that are wondering, um, a lot of what I'm pulling out of here, at least for the PowerPoint, is going to be Warren Wiersbe's book, okay? So it's a, it's a little bit off. He has a couple of these series on, on a lot of the books in the, in the, uh, in the Bible. So, so that's where, again, a lot of the PowerPoint is coming from. So let's, uh, let's kind of peel some of this back. Um, Living like a king, and you'll kind of see where, where I get this idea from uh, toward the end. So again, some of the some of the questions that the original audience would have had would have been, can the believer be sure that this justification will last? Alright? And again, justification is what? It's the idea that I'm in right standing with God. And the reason that I have to be in right standing with God is because God is perfect. Right? And there's no, there's no mess-up that come in his presence. And we've already established that we've all seen it come short. I messed up even before I knew I messed up. So I'm already behind the eight ball. So God already has the right to kill me off right then. Okay? So thank God for his mercy. His mercy was, we talked about that, but we talked about Christ's righteousness is put to our record. Not that I become righteous, not that I, I, I become right standing on my own. It's literally like a bank draft. It's a great example. It's not my example. It's their, their example. But it's almost like a, it's just like the bank draft. If I go to the bank right now and I had a debt, and I was like at a negative 20, and somebody else came and took care of that debt for me and got me in a positive 20, my account, my record now is showing 20. What because of me? I have $40. If somebody put that record, which now shows that I'm in the pocket. Alright? Okay. Alright. And that's where you get that idea of, of imputing or record. R-E-C-K-O-N. Record. Alright. So how is it possible for God to save a sinner through the death of Christ? On the cross. Alright, so that's what we're going to, a couple things that we're going to wrestle with. The first part of, of Romans 5, we're going to deal with the blessings of justification. Alright, so this, this idea that I, I'm in right standing with the Lord, there's some benefits to that. I preached that two Sundays ago, part of that. But there's some benefits right now that I have as a result of being justified. Alright, and the second part of that, we're going to talk about the basis of justification. How in the world do I become saved? That's the second part of five. Alright? Alright. So the blessings of justification. Paul's listing of blessings show how wonderful it is to be a Christian 
and not just a guarantee of heaven per se. Alright? Nothing, nothing wrong with, with heaven. We know that. Alright? But we also know that God has, has put it in such a way that we benefit right hand. Alright? And we need to walk in that right hand. Alright? Paul's listing of blessings assures readers that justification is a lasting thing. Alright? Again, the question that a lot of folks will have had is can this spiritual experience last if there is no required obedience to the law? Again, people are asking this question. They're saying this is almost too easy. This faith thing is too easy. I've got to be able to work my way into this. And Paul's saying, no, 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 no. You can't work your way into this. We talked about it two weeks ago. I think we talked about it last week. If you go by works, if you want to go by works, then eventually he'll let you. And if you go by works, you're going to fail. Because the reward for works is, is the wages, right? So if you want to work your way into heaven, if you're going to try to work your way into heaven, eventually he's going to let you do it. And we already know that the, the way that you get to heaven is a perfect record, per se. You already messed that up. I, I use the example, I'll use it again, it makes sense. If you could somehow be perfect right now, you could somehow from this point on be perfect, you still have to come up with something to deal with the mess ups you already had. Unless you've got a time machine, you ain't going to begin to do it. Let me be theologically correct, even if you had a time machine. Because the original skin you still couldn't do it. But that's, a, that's, that's an example, that's a picture of what you would have to do. Alright? An example of it? Uh, what I talked about, the idea of circumcision. So let's let's use and, and the question was for those that uh, may not be able to hear it's a good question she asked, what would be an example of me working my way in? The, the overall reaching, overarching example would be me not accepting the grace. And so if I don't accept this grace, then everything else would be me trying to work my way in. And let me kind of break it down and give you, give you an example. Um, the Pharisees in the New, the New Testament, the idea that and what the Pharisees did again, and they were the priests. You know, they, they knew the law. They had studied. Um, they, they knew the law. I mean, they had PhDs over PhDs. And what they figured, they even added to the law. <coughs> and what they figured, they figured that they could keep the law so well and make sure that everybody else keeps the law so well uh, that that would get you into, get you into heaven. And so they took it to the extreme. For an example, the, the Pharisees, um, they counted seeds. There were laws out there that said um, uh, give a certain tithe to a certain a tithe even on your plants and stuff. And so they even took the seeds and, 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 and tithed little bitty seeds and stuff. The idea that you could be so um, perfect and, and come to that standard on your own. Um, with the circumcision that we talked about at the beginning, the idea that many, and we, we talked about this uh, probably in the first two, three weeks of the study, the idea that uh, many of the Jews at that time thought that the fact that they were circumcised, the fact that they were the chosen ones, they were already set to go into the world. That would be works right there. Even a heritage. That would be a work. Any time that you you don't, anytime you go into it and, and you're of the opinion that you're not depraved, meaning that you're not totally depraved, then that's going to be a work. Anytime you think you got a little enough to get in, you just trick it off. <laughs> you just, you just, you just pass it down. We don't even have enough little bit. I know that's bad English. <laughs> Our best day is still filthy rags. Our best day. 
Just think about it. The best day you ever had is still short. He said, you went in there when he said, be there about you? Okay, now I got you. I see what you're saying. I see you're saying. Now, all have seen he come short. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we need God. We need God's grace every step of the way. And anytime you lean on anything that's outside of God's grace, that's a lie. Good question. Good question. What about and what about the coming judgment? So this is going to, this is going to tackle again some of these uh, blessings of justification. Again, the beginning of five. Uh, it starts out with the therefore, right? What Bible does everybody? What does five start out with? Therefore. Anytime you see therefore, if you've not read it, go back and read the previous chapter, or at least that previous block before. All right. Again, when we, we read it now and it's in these nice books and nice chapters, this would have literally been a letter. Alright? This would have been together when it was first two. Alright? So, uh, we, we, we come out of four, now we go into five. Let's, let's tackle some of this and, and, and kind of see some of these uh, spiritual blessings uh, that a believer in Christ uh, is assured of. Alright? And what these blessings do uh, they tell us that, that the justification is, is there, there's holding power within it. Alright? This is not something that, that, that we can lose. This is not something that's fly by the night if you do. Alright? So let's, let's look at some of these blessings. Therefore, having been justified by faith, that's what, that's what the previous chapters are dealt with, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we talked about Abraham and David. That's what all the examples that he used. That you're justified by faith. You're not justified because you're a Jew. You're not justified because you, uh, you're, you know, you, your daddy was in the church and your daddy was a preacher. You're justified by faith and faith alone. All right? Because of that, we have number one peace with God. All right. We're going to have two access to God. Three, we're going to have a glorious hope. Four. We're going to have a Christian character that is developed. We're going to have God's love within. We're going to have a salvation from future wrath. And we're going to have a reconciliation with God. Alright? Now we're going to kind of walk through that. That's what all that is in five, six, five, one through five. Verses one through five, then we're going to be the blessings uh, that we receive as a result of our justification. As a result of our right standing with God. So that's all that justification is, right? So the, so the fact that I believe in Christ and I have a faith in Christ, these are the blessings that I have access to right now. Alright? So for one, let's look at this peace with God, 5 and 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the unsaved person is at enmity, and all that means is an enemy, with God because he cannot obey God's law or fulfill God's will. That's what we tackled the whole beginning. You cannot keep the law. Nothing wrong with the law. You just can't keep it. And there's nothing within the law that can save you. Alright? So because we're because we're, um, we can't keep the law, we are an enemy of God. Again, God cannot have anything in his presence that's not perfect. It's not the rule. That's, it. that's just that's a perfect God. Alright? That's a perfect God. And so because um, we can't keep the law, we are literally now an enemy of God. Alright? There is no peace, said the Lord, unto the wicked. That's Isaiah 48, 22. Condemnation means God declares us sinners, which declares a Lord. Justification means God declares us righteous, which is a declaration of peace. Let me make sure that you understand this peace. And we talked about this on a couple of Sundays ago. When we talk about peace now, you have a couple of uh, levels of 
levels of peace, right? We have peace as it relates to uh, like world peace, right? Uh, war, uh, you know, obviously we're in a situation now where we don't have a whole lot of peace in a whole lot of areas of the country, of the world. But, but, but we have peace from war. You have a, a tranquility, if you will, a peacefulness at the house when everything is going okay. That's, that's, that's peace as well. But the peace that we're talking about right here is, is, is a peace that you have uh, when you're no longer an enemy of God. This is the peace that we're talking about right here. All right? In our sinful states, in our natural states, we're an enemy of God. So this peace that Paul is talking about right here is telling us that now in my new state, I'm no longer an enemy of God. Make sense? That's what I have access to. I have access now to a peace of God. Alright? And, and you're saying, well, how does that apply to me now? Where am I at? Look, one thing that the devil wants to do uh, to us is, is have us question our status with God. That was good about that. Where am I at with God? Where's my standing with God? Especially if I messed up. That doesn't mean that you keep messing up. But one thing Satan will do, Satan will be met and say, Are you really where you need to be at? Does God really love you? Are you really a good Christian? Do you really walk closely with God? This tells me right here that I'm at peace with God. Alright? I'm at peace with it. Again, uh, this is made possible by the by the by Calvary. The law works wrath, and nobody condemned by the law can enjoy peace with God. Justification by faith keeps the law from condemning believers. So again, uh, the law, the law is the standard. The law tells me that I'm messing up. That's what the law does. All right, and the law is going to always condemn me. It's going to always tell me that I'm, I'm not keeping, I'm not keeping my end of the bargain. Alright? Justification now. The man that the law no longer has home. So you're walking around and I'm walking around. I had a good discussion with somebody the other day. Um, it's been an ongoing discussion. But, but, but she keeps telling me about how um, she just, because of some of the stuff she's done in the past, and she's a believer. And we can all, we've all been there. But she just, she says she just keeps putting condemn and condemn. And I'm saying, well, that's not of the Lord. That can't be of the Lord. Have to. Yeah, you have to. You have to understand. And this look, you're saying, well, why is it important for me to read Romans 5? Can't I just come to church and, 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 and fame just yell a little bit and we go home? No. <laughs> it's important that we understand this. But this is our faith. This is a great example of why you understand this. Whenever, whenever you, the feelings come over you and come over me that, you know what, maybe, maybe uh, what I did in 96, maybe that is, uh, you know, you're peeking over your shoulder and stuff. And that don't mean that we don't, you know, you don't keep messing up. Life is such that you don't, you don't reap what you sow. But at the same time, what I did in 96, he has no hold on me now. What I did, you want to go search in 96, pick a year. 93, I, I, I just said 96 or whatever. But whatever condemned me then, you no longer have any hope. You can search the Facebook, you find some old Facebook uh, posts or whatever, you find some pictures, or you hear some stuff, that's okay. Let's talk about it. I ain't, I ain't scared of it. You should be. We have a peace with God. In 5-2-A, we have access to God then. Uh, read this. Uh, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Alright? Let's, let's look at this idea of access real quick. You're saying, well, didn't I always have access to God? The access that you have now, it's not always been experienced. Let's, let's, let's use some examples. Who in the beginning can tell me uh, in the beginning, in Genesis account, how was that access to God different? What was the access to God in the Genesis account? Adam and Eve. Jesus walked in the He walked in the garden in the cool of the cool of the evening, right? Wow. Isn't that access that Adam and Eve had? 
and they were in a perfect setting, then what happened? You messed up? You messed up? Kicked out of the garden? Uh, there was what? Uh, uh, an angel that was put at the put at the, uh, the garden at paradise. They had what? Leaves. They had to be put on them. That access to God right at that point was vanished. Alright? Even in the in the new in the old testament, um, you know, there were um, when they came to when they came to God, um, you had a priest that had to come on behalf of people. They weren't even allowed into the holies of holies. You had a mediator. Alright? When Jesus was on the cross, what happened? You had the what tour? You had the veil tour, right? Yeah. And, and, and there was a wall that separated the Gentiles in worship. When Christ died on the cross, all that was gone. Indicating now that we had an access to God that was not experienced prior to Calvary. That's why, and, and I appreciate it a couple months ago, we're the priesthood of all believers. So if you call me up and you've got some issues that you've been struggling and you couldn't get a hold of me all week and you, could, you say, fine, I finally got a hold of you. I've been trying to get a hold of you three days uh, and I've been waiting for you to pray for me. I'm saying to myself, well, ain't you been praying? <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with having, nothing wrong with asking your pastor to pray for you. But we're the priesthood of all believers, meaning now as a believer in Christ, you have access to God. That's right. I'm not after any sister religions, love them to death, but I don't have to go into a booth. Alright? So we had access to God. Um, and, and I'll already give, kind of give you those examples. The Jew was kept out of the temple by the veil, and the Gentile was kept out by the wall. Okay? Jesus' death tore the veil and broke the wall. We've got the examples right there. That's, that's, look, we're, we're in Bible study. Uh, Luke. Example, uh, the Greek language has what a number of words for love. 
right? So, um, um, so when we talk about this glorious hope, you have a kind of a hope where you look. I hope when I go pick up my uh, my boys and I make good, don't do don't say things, but they do whatever they do. I hope when I go pick up my boys, they got a good attitude. That's a hope. When we talk about this kind of hope, I'm hoping, or the believer is hoping in something that's for sure. Alright? This is not a hope where I hope God is going to do what he says he's going to do. No, no, no. This is a hope that I, if he promised it, I know it's a done deal. That's what this hope is. Alright? That's what he's talking about, this hope for a Christian believer. Alright? So now because I'm in Christ, I can stand on his promises. I talked about Sunday. I talked about um, 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 this, this confidence that we should have as believers. And that comes because God has promised it. And if I'm in Christ, then those promises are going to come to fruition. That's why I walk, that's why, that's why your walk and my walk has to be different as a believer than those that are in the world. It has to be. If my walk is not different, then something's not right. So peaceful God took care of the past. Our sins are not dealt against us. Access to God takes care of the present. We can come to God at any time. And the hope of glory takes care of the future. Meaning one day we will share his glory. Alright? This glorious hope. Uh, rejoice again. I talked about um, I talked about how our language can sometimes be um, be rigid, if you will. But when we talk about rejoice, like for example in, in 11. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. Um, also in 3. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation on the tribulation of Jesus' perseverance. This idea of rejoice, in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, this idea of rejoice is more of a, a boasting, if you will. Alright? I have joy in it, but there's it's a, a, a better word would be a boasting. Look, how many of us have bragged on God recently? Bragging in the goodness of God. Yeah. That's what that's what Paul Paul is talking about. That, but I, I I'm to the point now where I can't hold it in. As sinners, there was nothing to boast about because we fell short of the glory of God. In Christ, we boast in His right righteousness and in His glory. All right. If you get a theme of anything, anything you pick up with Paul, you understand that's what he did throughout all his letters. Every time he got an opportunity to, 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 to boast about God, he took it. See, the problem, and, I, and I'm not after any preachers, but the problem with a lot of us up here that are preaching is we want to kind of slide in how big and bad we are. And we need to take the example from Paul right here. And I can talk about preachers, I'm one, so I can talk about it. We need to take this example. Every opportunity we get, we tell somebody about the goodness of God. Forget about how smart we think we are. Look, that doesn't that doesn't change folks. That's not what convicts people. What convicts people is the love of God and what God does to the heart and what He does through the sacrifice of the Son. Not about how what you all think I look like in a suit or any preacher looks like in a suit. Another blessing of justification is the Christian character. And again, we talked a little bit about this. And not only three, and not only that, but we also glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. Alright, let's kind of let's kind of break this down. One thing as believers is we have done a disservice. By trying to convince folks that once you join the Lord's army, that everything's going to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Oh, trials will absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. 
And, and, and so, and especially in Western civilization, especially where we're at right now, because everything we do, it's, it's comfort. And how do we get more comfort here? And how do we get more comfort there? And, and, and the church is going right along with it. And I'm not after anything that we do, but, but churches, we've got churches now that are, are literally uh, transformed into the, to the club. Yeah, I'm not right after anybody's church. And have TVs all over all over the bathroom as well. I'm sorry. I'm not after that. But, but what I'm saying is that if we're going to paint a clear picture, the picture is not that we don't have struggle. The picture is when we believe in Christ is that in the midst of those struggles, we can hold. We're angry. I listened to somebody, uh, R.C. Sproul, Sproul this morning on some of this. And he said, he said, what, what the believer has in the midst of tribulation is this idea that the anchor keeps them in place. So I've got struggles coming this way and struggles coming that way and struggles, and I'm in place. When a person is not anchored in and they don't have Christ, and that struggle moves them this way and moves them that way, mm-hmm. and everything that comes, they move right with it. Mm-hmm. Everything that hits, they move right with it. And that, uh, that is the benefit of the tribulations. That's the benefit of the struggle, is that I've learned now that my faith in Christ is being too. There was some stuff, and I said all the time, there was some stuff 10 years ago, I know, there was some stuff 20 years ago that happened to me. Then, I lost my name online. Now, I just, I learned to I sit back and say to myself, well, should I want with the Lord during you this man? <laughs> and, and keep in mind now we don't we don't look for trouble. Now life is life got enough messed up. So I don't even go looking for anything. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't I don't I don't need to to, to make up stuff and to come in here and tell folks, well you know I'm sick and I'm not even sick. Just, just I don't need all that. No, no, no. But at the same time, I recognize that when stuff comes, the part now of my blessing and my stance with the Lord is that I know this is this going to last all day. Right. And if it lasts a little bit longer than what I thought, I'm okay. So the tribulation now, I don't want to go that far. Tribulation. I understand the trouble now is getting ready to produce something. I'm getting ready to jump to James. I don't want to jump to James. I'm stay where I'm at. But I understand now that tribulation is producing something in me. And so now I'm okay with it. Alright? What does he say it produces? Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Right? Patience. That's all that is. Patience and, and character. In character, hope. All right. Um, trials bring us closer to God and make us more Christ-like. All right. When we talk about experience, we mean that character has been proved. Well, it's something. It's something when I know that God has held me through something in the past, and now when when something like that comes up again. I can, I can, I can hold, and, 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 and you feel good knowing that hey, that would have taken me out. You don't, you don't walk through troubles just for somebody else. The Lord allows you to walk through troubles for yourself as well. You can always help the next next person. Absolutely. That's only though when you take the trials and, and, and you, you view them through the lens of Christ. If you don't view the trials through the lens of Christ, then, then, then life is picking on. Or, you know, things are not adding up for me. Everything is, is, is bad for me. But when you got the lens of Christ, you see that trial right there was just to build me up. Prepare me for the next battle. Like you said, help somebody else. So we've got this uh, this experience. We've got this patience, uh, the proven character, and all this produces 
produces the hope. Trials purify us and remove the chaff. There's some baggage that we've carried along the way. And what trials do is it, 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 it cuts some of that baggage out. But there's some stuff that we thought we had to have. And the trials have gotten to the point where it, it took some of that off and now we I didn't need that. I didn't I didn't need that status. I didn't need that job to, to, to justify who, who I am in Christ. I didn't need that person to like me. And, we, and that growth came from the trials, not from the good times. Mm-hmm. The justification again is not an escape from life. Uh, we see that, that we have this Christian character. Uh, another blessing of the justification is that there's God's love within. Um, let's, 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 let's kind of keep it to it. Now, hope does not disappoint. Because this is five, because the love of God has poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Six, for when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Seven, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In the midst, and keep in mind when God died for us. Alright? Look, it's it's easy to do something for somebody. It's easier to do something for somebody than when they've done their best by you. Keep in mind, Jesus knows our heart. If my sins were enough. You talk about him dying, just look, just, just throw mine out there. Look, I said all I said I it's not mine, I got to about people. If we ever were able to, to, to put up on screen all our sins and all our thoughts, <laughs> we'd all have to tip out the back that door. Real joy. Real slow. Keep in mind Jesus knows all. <laughs> So there was enough love in the midst of our messing up. So he's going to Calvary knowing our messing up. Our messing up. Mm-hmm. Say that again. Oh, it's it's different when you put in perspective that he was perfect. No, 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 you're, you're absolutely right. He was perfect. It has to be a love. It absolutely has to be a love. As we wait, the love of God is poured into our hearts. I'll preach a little bit about the love thing this Sunday. As children of God, we are loved by God, and the inner experience of His love through the Spirit sustains us as we go through Christ. Faith, hope, and love combine to give believers patience during trials. Patience makes it possible for the believer to grow in character. So this, to, to, to be, we actually really experience this love. We really form that into it. Jeremiah uses that. Who's Jeremiah? Yeah, he uses that picture of that, um, that removing of the stony heart mm-hmm. and the heart of flesh. If you don't, if you're not loving better today than you did two, three years ago, and I'm not loving better today than I did two, three years ago, then I need to check myself. What's that? No, absolutely not promised. But if if I'm not walking closer now, uh, my walk, my closer walk with Christ. Should, should, should be turning my heart down here. Again, I, I said last week, um, in, order for, in order for you all to see my relationship with Christ, He knows my heart, but none of y'all can see my heart. And so there's got to be something tangible 
that I'm doing as a believer. That's why you have to be careful. Uh, I'm just coming over here and sitting on the pew and going on home. You know, and at some point, there's got to be some evidence of your walk with Christ. Right. And we talked a little bit about last week, we talked about how James uh, talks about that, that, that without works, faith is faith is dead. Mm-hmm. And we, we want to kind of uh, pit Paul and James uh, against each other. But all James is saying is you really got faith, it's going to come out in your works. That's all he's saying. Right. He's not saying that, that you would work your way in. He's just saying, if you really love the Lord, then at some point, you're going to do something. It's going to, be, it's going to show evidence of that. Mm-hmm. We have God's love within. And then we have a salvation from the future future wrath. And then we'll, we'll deal with that and this reconciliation. And then we'll uh, touch on the second part of five next week. And it's probably good that we broke it up like that because the second part of five Chapter five. I want you to read it. Read all chapter five. The second part um, can be not difficult to choose, but when we, trans- when we translate it as a Greek, it's a little difficult um, without filling in that. So let's let's look at this last part. Salvation, future wrath, five nine through ten. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Mm-hmm. Again, we were talking about we were enemies. Alright? And a perfect God at some point is going to have to deal with his enemies. That's that wrath. And I said it, but it was grace and his mercy that allowed his wrath to be held off of you. Right when Adam and Eve did what they did, he could have taken them out. Right. right? But there will be a wrath. Mm-hmm. Can't fool ourselves. But there will be. One day we'll have to deal with it. Alright? As a result of our relationship with him, we are now held from that future wrath. It doesn't mean that we don't have some, some struggles. It doesn't mean we don't have some problems along the way. That doesn't mean that we can keep on sinning. We're going to deal with that a little bit. You can't keep on sinning. Alright? There were some folks that said, well, shoot. If I'm, if I'm guaranteed, if I'm in Christ and I'm guaranteed to, 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 to avoid this final wrath, and, and, and you get, and it's your grace that's keeping that, why not just keep on sinning? So you can give me more grace. Paul said, no, no, no. Alright? So there's a salvation from the future wrath. This is again trying to take confidence in. If God saved us when we were enemies, surely He will keep on saving us as His children. Alright, that's the word He said. There's a coming wrath, and you can look at 1 Thessalonians uh, 1 and 5 for that. There's a coming wrath that no true believer will, will experience. Alright? Paul also argues that if Christ's death accomplished so much, Imagine how much more he will do for us in life as he intercedes in heaven. All right. If you're looking at this and you're kind of going through this, there was there was some times where he talked about much more. And really, that's kind of what I want to preach a little bit more last week than what I did. The Lord kind of took me in a different direction. But but and we'll talk about this more next week. But in Christ, there was much more. It was much better than what we had before. Alright? You're going to see that as we kind of tackle some of this. You're going to see much more come up a whole lot. More and more and more and more. Alright? Um, so there's no there's a coming wrath that no true believer will experience again. Jesus wrote us into his will and writes the will with his blood. That's Luke 22 and 20. Uh, somebody read that real quick. Luke 22 and 20. And we'll take about three, four minutes and we'll finish this. Luke 22 and 20. Yes. His blood. Alright? There's any will that we can do with any lawyer. We are saved by his life. 
He died and returned to heaven to enforce the will of the will and distribute the inheritance. Alright? 5 and 11. This is the reconciliation with God. The reconciliation with God. 11. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God for our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. But in order to have a reconciliation, you have to what? You've been apart, right? Mm -hmm. Alright? Uh, so atonement means reconciliation are brought back into fellowship with God. That's that right relationship that I was talking about. Again, we deserve to be born of God and deserve to be condemned eternally. Our salvation in Christ is certain. Christ died for us, lives for us, and is coming back for us. Alright? That's that reconciliation. That's that right relationship with Christ. These again are what were promised. The seven spiritual blessings. What were promised as a result of our right relationship with God. Peace with God. Access to God. Glorious hope. Christian character. God's love within. Salvation from future wrath. And reconciliation with God. Alright? This is what we should be walking in right now. Peace comes and we will have life and life more abundant. Alright? Any questions? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Alright. So we'll finish up five. We'll finish up five next week. Go ahead and read it. If you're not ready yet, uh, go ahead and read that. And then we'll do that second part of five. And, uh, and I don't think we'll get into six too much, but that five will be pretty, pretty heavy. The second part of five. Alright? God, again, we thank you. Uh, we thank you, God, for what you just continue to do in the life of the believers. Uh, we're praying, God, that as we uh, continue to uh, chew on moments, God, that you just uh, continue to shine your light on us, God, shine your light on our hearts. We thank you, God, that you not only save us, but you just continue, God, to your word, illuminate, Father God, and shine. And so we just thank you. We're praying for understanding, we're praying for more understanding of your word. So again, bless those that are here. Bless those that join us by way of social media. And bless those that have mind and heart to make it to where they need to be. Again, bless those that are here. Amen. 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 All right, thank you all. Thank you.